Thank you for joining our podcast from New Life Church Greenbrier. If you're joining us for the first time, we would love to know about it. Just text Greenbrier to 88000 and fill out one of our Connect cards. Now, let's listen in to today's message. Well, good morning, New Life Church. Man, it is so good to be with you guys today and be back with you this weekend. You know, if you have been joining us for very long, you know that we have been in a series titled Walking with God. And we've looked at spiritual disciplines that we can place into our everyday life that allows us to grow closer to Him and grow deeper into His Word. Not just a discipline that we can instill on a Sunday, but that we can put in our life throughout the entire week. You know, we've looked at several different areas. We've talked about fasting, what it is and what it is not. We've talked about the importance of solitude and spending time alone with God. And we've looked at the examples that Jesus gave us through Scripture of how to live a life closer to Him. A couple of weeks ago, Pastor Rick talked about repentance and the importance there is for us, especially right now, to turn from our sin and turn back to Him. This past weekend, you heard an amazing message from Pastor Adam. How many of you guys are thankful for Pastor Adam this morning? I know I am. But you heard a a powerful message from him last weekend, and he talked about those mountaintop experiences, and this spoke to me. You know, a lot of times we think about the good days and the bad days as the mountaintop of the valley, but sometimes we can get so comfortable in the valley that we never get to the mountaintop that God is calling us to. This morning, we are starting a three-week series on the Holy Spirit, and I am very excited about this series Um, Today, specifically, we're going to talk about who the Holy Spirit is. Now, I know some of you are looking at me the exact same way that you look at that crazy Uncle Eddie that you have Thanksgiving with, sits at the end of the table, that says, you know, save me the net, Clark, you know, the weird guy. As soon as I said Holy Spirit, you got weird on me. Listen to me for a second. The Holy Spirit is not weird. People are weird. Some of you are weird. I can't help it. I'll pray for you. Come up after service. We'll pray about it. The Holy Spirit is not weird. Today, I want to introduce you to someone that is your helper. It's one of the most amazing gifts that God could have ever given us. But society and the world has tried to twist and almost pervert what the Holy Spirit really is. You know, I had one of those weird experiences as a kid growing up. I was 10 or 11 years old. I was invited to a church. I walked in. May have been the first or second time I'd ever been to church in my life. I walk in. As soon as I break through the doors. This guy passes out in front of me, bloop, right in the floor. I didn't know if the guy had been shot, didn't know what had happened. Well, obviously, I wasn't spiritually mature enough to understand what was going on at that point. It scared me to death. I didn't go back to church for years, for years. Why? Weird people. Several years later, I was invited back to church by a friend of mine that is sitting in the audience today, 31 years ago. It took me a minute to add all those years up. It's a long time. You're old, bro. 31 years ago, the man sitting up here in the front invited me to a Valentine's banquet. And I'm here to let you know that he lied to me. He told me that it was going to be full of cute girls. Not a single cute girl in the house. Not one. But it was the day I gave my life to Christ. Valentine's Day, 31 years ago, I made the decision to repent of my sins and to start walking with God. Now listen, it took me many years to grow spiritually studying scripture, to begin to understand what a true relationship with God looked like. I know we've got people here from many different backgrounds. Some of you grew up in a church where you never talked about the Holy Spirit. It was never discussed. In fact, it was probably skipped over when it got to that point in scripture. 
The baptism of the Holy Spirit is spoken on throughout the entire, all four Gospels, not just the synoptic Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke. It's spoken on Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. The baptism of the Holy Spirit. Look it up when you leave today. Matthew 3, Mark 1, Luke 3, John 1. You can see the baptism of the Holy Spirit spoken on. Listen, church. Today, I want to introduce you to your helper. That if you will set aside any preconceived notions, any weird experiences that you may have had throughout your childhood to get to this point and really begin to understand who, not what, but who the Holy Spirit is, it will change your life. I'm believing today there are going to be people that share this anniversary date with me for the rest of your life. I know where I was at the day, the moment, the time that I gave my life to Christ. I believe that some of you will look back at this day and realize that that was the moment in your life that everything changed. It may have been that some of you were in this room that you gave your life to Christ many years ago. But you don't have that understanding of what that personal relationship is all about. That's what I want to talk about. That's who I want to introduce you to today. I wanted to title this message, Don't Let Weird People Prevent You From Experiencing One of the Greatest Gifts We Could Ever Receive. But it wouldn't fit on the screen. It's too long. But I do know this. You cannot live a victorious life without the Holy Spirit. Without the Holy Spirit, we wouldn't have the Bible. Without the Holy Spirit, there would be no spiritual gifts. And without the Holy Spirit, there would be no anointing. And I can promise you this, without the Holy Spirit's help, there's no way that I could stand on this stage and deliver this message to you today. Today, I want to introduce you to your helper. Let's pray. Father, I thank you so much for your word. And God, I thank you for sending us a helper. You came to this earth in the form of a man, but you could only be at one place at one time as long as you took that form. God, you left so you could send us your spirit. So, Father, right now, I pray that you soften the hearts and you open the ears of every person that is in this room. God, I pray that you speak through any person that's listening. Speak through this message to any person that may be listening in. Maybe they're listening in several days from now, weeks from now, months from now, years from now. Wherever they're at, Father, I pray that you soften their heart and allow them to receive your word and your direction. It is in Jesus' name we pray. Amen and amen. The night before Jesus was betrayed, he was sitting around a table with those closest to him. And he began to prepare his disciples for what was coming. He knew that his time was coming to an end. He knew it. He also knew they would miss him. He also understood and received and felt the pain that they were going to feel at his crucifixion. But he promised them, you're not going to be alone. I'm going to send a helper to you. I have to leave, but I will send help back to you. If you've got your Bibles with you, I want you to turn to the book of John, chapter 14, verses 15 through 18. And I really encourage you, guys, bring your Bibles to church with you. Pull it up on your phone. Take some notes. Highlight, especially in this series. Because what I want you to do is I don't want you to just take my word for it. I want you to go back. We we got snow on the way, right? Who's happy for snow coming? You may have some time. We've got people in the back like, yes! Take some time this week and study the Holy Spirit. Take some time this week and go back, cross-reference, check the scriptures that I'm giving you. Don't take my word for it. Study it. 
This is God's word. This is the truth that I'm talking about. John 14, 15 through 18 says, if you love me, keep my commands. This is Jesus. And I will ask the Father, and he will give you another advocate to help you and be with you forever. The spirit of truth. The world cannot accept him because it neither sees him nor knows him. But you know him, for he lives with you and will be in you. I will not leave you as orphans. I will come to you. This is a promise that Jesus is making to the disciples and to us. You know, typically when you're introduced to someone, you're introduced to a person by a person that has a close personal relationship with you. For example, my wife, if you come up to me and you introduce yourself and my wife is with me, I'm going to introduce you to my wife. Why? Because I know my wife. I know her intimately. I know her personally. I'm going to introduce you to her. As I was preparing for this message, I was spending some time in prayer and I thought, well, who in Scripture was one of the first that really knew the Holy Spirit intimately. The first person I thought of was Peter. You know, the day of Pentecost, the Holy Spirit came upon Peter. That day, over 3,000 were saved. You see, Peter had, he had witnessed many miracles from Jesus prior to this. He was there when Jesus called him to fish for men at the Sea of Galilee. Peter was there when Jesus walked on water. He was there on top of the mountain when Jesus was transfigured. Peter was there when Jesus prayed in the garden and when he died on the cross. He was a witness to his resurrection. But this day was different. This day was special. Early in the morning on Pentecost, and this is only a few days after the ascension of Jesus, many were worshiping God together. And a sound overwhelmed them. They began to speak in different languages that they hadn't previously been taught. But the people they were speaking to, they understood because he was speaking in their language. Some people even thought he was drunk. It was early in the morning. It was the Holy Spirit speaking through Peter. Do you realize that through this fisherman was where the church really began to be established? The Holy Spirit working through Peter, a man that would tell you that he was not qualified. The Holy Spirit saved over 3,000. And they added to the numbers daily beyond that. It was the very first time the existence of the church was revealed, was at this moment. You know, in both the Greek and the Hebrew, spirit is actually translated to wind. We know that Peter was a great fisherman and a sailor, and as I'm reading this scripture, I'm, the only way that I can picture it is I feel like Peter had to be filled with the Holy Spirit like a sail on a boat from tip to tip, completely and totally consumed. But can you imagine the power that had to come along with that? To reach 3,000 people at one time to give their life to Christ, completely and totally consumed. You know, the Holy Spirit filled the apostles. He filled the apostles with the power needed to preach the gospel to start establishing the early church. What about Dr. Luke? <laughs> you know, he wrote about some of the dramatic actions the apostles did as well with the help of the Holy Spirit, healing the blind, the lame, raising the dead. For the long-term growth of the kingdom of God, the Holy Spirit would come upon for miraculous things. But I want to tell you something else. The Holy Spirit is not for a warm, fuzzy feeling for you. 
and for I. The Holy Spirit dwells within us for the kingdom of God. The purpose that you're here, what you're doing, the gifts that God has granted each one of us is for growing God's kingdom, not for your warm fuzzies. Luke knew the Holy Spirit to be just as real and tangible as any other friend that he was around. You know, many times when you read the New Testament, it can be confusing because the Holy Spirit is referred to as an it or as the. People look at it as an it. It's not an it. Jesus referred to the Holy Spirit as he, as in he will testify about me. The early believers were willing to go to great extents to build God's kingdom, whatever it took. But through the empowerment of the Holy Spirit, we too can continue to grow God's kingdom just as they did. There's something else that I think is very important that someone needs to hear this morning. The moment that you invited Christ into your life, that you turned from your sin, you gave your life to him, was the last moment that you were alone. The very last moment that you had to walk through this life alone. Now, you may feel alone at times, but you're not And I know that it's sometimes hard to comprehend everything in Scripture, but if you understand the fact that the Holy Spirit dwells within us to help us, think of the Holy Spirit almost as a polite guest. But you think about even some translations say the Holy Ghost. And I don't like this, and the reason being is because the way Hollywood has depicted a ghost. It's nothing like that. It is a spirit that dwells within us. It is God. Ephesians 1, 13 through 14 says, When you believed, you were marked in him with a seal, the promised Holy Spirit, who is deposited, guaranteeing our inheritance until the redemption of those who are God's possession. The praise of his glory. The moment you invited Christ into your life was the last day that you were alone. 1 Corinthians 6.19 says, Don't you realize that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit who lives in you and was given to you by God? So still you say, who is the Holy Spirit? The first thing that you have to understand is the Holy Spirit is a person. It's not a thing. God desires a personal, intimate relationship with us. You can't have a relationship with an it. You can't have a personal relationship with a thing. I love my recliner, but I don't have a relationship with my recliner. It's an it. The Holy Spirit is a person that dwells within us. It is God. And it desires a deep, intimate relationship with us. Number two, the Holy Spirit is a helper. You can go to church your entire life, and if you don't grasp what we're talking about today, you are going to miss out on one of the greatest gifts that God could have ever given us. You're going to miss it. So how does he help us? He convicts us. The Holy Spirit almost acts as a sin alarm to us. John 16, 8 tells us, says, when he comes, Jesus is referring to the helper here, the Holy Spirit, he will prove the world to be in wrong about sin and righteousness and judgment. You say, okay, well, what about the people that say, well, I'm saved, so now I can go and sin all I want to. I've been saved. I've given my life to Christ. I can go sin all I want to. You're going to miss blessing after blessing after blessing after blessing after blessing until you turn back to him. 
and the Holy Spirit will convict you. It is hard to comprehend that we serve a God that loves us so much that he gave us free will to love him back. He gave us free will to make the decisions to follow him or not to follow him. It's important that you understand, too, the difference between conviction and condemnation. This is very important. The Holy Spirit will convict us when we sin, when we get off track. The Holy Spirit will not condemn us. Let me give you an example. Conviction, for example, would be picking up the phone, getting ready to make that inappropriate phone call. The Holy Spirit nudges you and says, don't do it. If you love me, don't do it. Or responding to that inappropriate text message that come through, that maybe it started out innocent and all of a sudden it's crossing the line. The Holy Spirit says, don't do it. Condemnation says, go ahead and do it. You did it before. Go ahead and do it. You've made those mistakes before. You're going to sin again. You're going to do it again. That's condemnation. That is not of God. Do you hear me this morning? There is not a person in this room that is without sin or that is perfect. There's not many mistakes, not a single one of you. And if you think you are, you're sinning right now. We've all made mistakes. We can live a life of conviction through the Holy Spirit. We can live a life of condemnation from Satan. And that's exactly what he wants to do. You see, the enemy has no authority. He has no ability or any power to create anything. The only thing the enemy can do is distort and twist everything that God has made for good. But he only does it if we allow him. That's the only way that he's successful. Romans 8.11 says, And if the spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead is living in you, he who raised Christ from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies because of his spirit who lives in you. The Holy Spirit will enable us to do anything he has called us to do. He will enable you. If he calls you to it, he will get you through it. You know, Peter had to wonder why Jesus picked him. You ever thought about that? You ever wonder why God picked you, why he chose you? I have, many times. But the day of Pentecost, all of those questions were gone. Peter realized that God saw him for what he was with his help, not what he was without him. He knew at that moment. And I'm going to tell you something else, too. I'm going to get in your grill for just a second. And I'll make no apologies. God will place divine appointments in your life. He will put people in your path that are struggling with the same areas and the same addictions, the same sin that you've dealt with. He will do it. Your test that you went through, that God pulled you through, was not just for you. It's a testimony. And I'm going to tell you something else. For those of you that say, well, I'm an introvert or I'm this number or I'm that number because I've taken this test, throw that junk out the window. You're a son and daughter of God is who you are. You're not a one or a three or a five or whatever that mess is. You're not an introvert. Those are labels that society tries to put on you. You're a child of God and he has a plan and a purpose for you. And he will give you the words, the Holy Spirit that I'm talking about that dwells inside of us. You say, well, I don't know what to say. You don't have to know what to say. If God puts these divine appointments in your path in front of you, he will provide the words to say. He will do it for you. 
You don't have to have a PhD. You don't have to have, be a scholar. You don't have to have been to Bible college. You just have to depend upon him. The Holy Spirit was not given to us so we can feel good. It was given to us so that we can grow God's kingdom and God will not let you down. John 16, 13. The next thing he helps us with is he counsels us. John 16, 13 says, but when he, the spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into all the truth for he will not speak on his own initiative, but whatever he hears, meaning from God, he will speak and he will disclose to you what is to come. Scripture tells us right here. It backs up the statement that I just made. He will give you the words. He will provide what to say for you. He gives us the words to speak when we're speechless. He also gives us the words to not speak with wisdom when we're to listen. Rely on him, not your own ability. We are not capable of it, but he is. The next thing he helps us with is he comforts us. Acts 9.31. So the church throughout all Judea, Galilee, and Samaria enjoyed peace being built up and going on in the fear of the Lord and in the comfort of the Holy Spirit, it continued to increase. Who could say that we could use a little more peace in our world today? We can. You're not going to find that peace on the news media or on social media. The peace that I'm talking about only comes from God. Peace that only he can provide. The next thing he does is he guides us. You know, there was a time, I shared this with you guys um, a while back, about a year ago, actually. I was duck hunting with a friend of mine, Pastor Hunter, and uh, we were with some guys that we hadn't ever hunted with before and in a place that we'd never been hunting before. It was before daylight. Long story short, we ended up sinking a boat, and it was a bad deal. It was a bad day. Um, we didn't have life jackets on. It could have ended up a lot worse than it did. Our phones got wet. We couldn't call anybody. It's way before daylight. It's cold. It's sleeting. You're getting the picture. It's hard to swim in waders without a life jacket. We finally make it to a tree to grab a hold of and crawl up in. The boat's capsized. And we didn't know where to go, what to do. We'd never been in this place before. Luckily, we had someone there that was familiar with the area. And he was able, he knew that if we walked this line, the water was only about three or four foot deep. Now, if you step over about a foot, it was 20 foot deep. But he knew that there was a levee underwater that we could walk on that path that would get us eventually about a mile later to dry ground. If not for that man being with us to guide us out of that situation, you probably have another preacher speaking to you today. I mean, I'm being honest. It was cold, but we had someone with us. You're going to come into situations in life that you need someone to help guide you out of it. You're going to be in a place at some point in time where you're not going to know where to turn. You can't see below the surface. You don't know what's under the water. That's what the Holy Spirit does. He guides us. You say, well, how do you know if someone is filled with the Holy Spirit? How do you see it? How do you witness it? How do you know when you're around someone? How do you know if you have it within you? There's seven types of fruit given to believers today who are willing to act for the benefit of the kingdom. And I believe this is important that you understand. Those that are willing to act for the benefit of the kingdom. 
If you don't get anything else out of what I'm saying today, remember this. Those who are willing to act for the benefit of the kingdom. The first one is love. And I'm not talking about the kind of love that comes with hearts on Valentine's Day. No, I'm talking about that unconditional love. The kind of love that allows you to love someone that hates you. To still love those who are persecuting you and who maybe don't agree with everything you think or you say or you do, you still love them. It's joy, not happiness that the world produces, but the kind of joy that allows you to see a sunset in your mind when you're blind. That's the kind of joy I'm referring to. Peace. In this world, there's gonna be trouble, but only the Holy Spirit can provide you with that type of peace. Patience and kindness. You see, if you get the fruit of love, you get patience and kindness because love is patient and love is kind. It's a twofer. The next one, goodness and self-control. It takes immense self-control to maintain your goodness and withstand the temptations of this world. And it takes goodness to want to have this kind of self-control. You ever wonder how Jesus kept from slapping some of the disciples sometimes? He had to get frustrated. I've told you, all I want you to do is pray, and they're asleep. I'd want to slap somebody. Jesus. The next one is gentleness. You ever wonder why children were so attracted to Jesus and the poor and the lame? It was the gentleness that he had. And then the last one is faithfulness. Faithfulness was needed when Jesus did not return to the earth as soon as people had hoped or expected to. Faithfulness is what we need today in a time when society seems so dark. You know, in a couple of weeks, we're going to talk about the gifts of the Holy Spirit. But what I'm talking about is the fruit of the Holy Spirit that you and I have. We accept Christ into our life. Galatians 5, through 23 says, But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, forbearance, which means patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Against such things there is no law. The third thing, the Holy Spirit, is, is God. You have to get this. He's part of the Trinity. God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. Today, at the end of the second service, we're going to have a baptism. We have a young lady that is going public with her decision to follow Christ. There's parts of Scripture that says to baptize in the name of Jesus, and another part says baptize in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. We baptize in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, all in the sweet name of Jesus. We can't forget the Holy Spirit. We can't forget the helper that's given to us when our health starts to deteriorate. We can't forget the helper that is inside of us when we're going through difficult times in our marriage, when our finances are struggling. We can't forget the Holy Spirit when our house is on fire and we feel like everything's burning up. We have to remember him. You see, the Holy Spirit has all the same attributes as God. He's all-knowing. He's everywhere at once. And he's all-powerful. And we can have access to this all the time at any given moment. 
Romans 8, 9 says, but you are not controlled by your sinful nature. Do you hear me this morning? We are not controlled by our sinful nature. You're controlled by the Spirit if you have the Spirit of God living in you. Some of you are going through things right now that you cannot fix on your own. It may feel so difficult and so hard that you can't make it on your own, but you can with God's help. But you have to understand the helper that he has sent to us. Have you ever thought how amazing it would have been to have been able to be there and walk beside Jesus when he was on this earth? I used to think that. But as long as God took the form of a man and was on this earth, he could only be at one place at one time. He had to leave so he could come back. You don't have to be in Israel to experience Jesus, to experience God's presence. No. All you have to do is make a decision to invite him into your life. And I'm going to tell you something else, church. We are not promised tomorrow. Do you hear me? The older I get, the more I'm reminded we are not promised tomorrow. We can't dance around this. You can't put this decision off because you don't know if tomorrow's going to come. You know, I have never been to a hospital visit praying with someone that they said, you know, I really just wish I would have waited a little bit longer to give my life to Christ. Never heard that one time. You don't know about tomorrow. When was the best time to give your life to Christ? 10, 20, 30 years ago. When's the next best time? Today. I'm going to ask everyone in this room, please bow your heads. No one looking around. This morning, I don't know where you're at and I don't know if every person in this room maybe has that intimate personal relationship with Christ that I'm talking about. I don't know if there's some of you here that maybe from your past and the way that you grew up, maybe you never really got to understand what the Holy Spirit or who the Holy Spirit is. But this morning, I'm believing that some of you are going to share that anniversary with me. You see, it was the Holy Spirit the day that moved in that made me raise my hand and give my life to Christ at the age of 14. But it was many years of spiritual growth and study before I truly understood who the Holy Spirit was. You heard Pastor Adam speak last weekend about that mountaintop experience that he and I got to share together in Peru. It wasn't he or I. That mountaintop experience, it was through the presence of the Holy Spirit working through us. And I remember getting on the plane, leaving that place and looking out the window and saying, God, if you can break my heart for the people of this country, break my heart for the people of Greenbrier, Arkansas. And he crushed me for you. That's what the Holy Spirit does. I realize it's Valentine's Day and you have a lot of meals to plan and chocolate hearts to eat. But this morning, I want you to do an honest gut check. 
if you left this room today and you pulled out of this parking lot and you didn't make it home, do you know where you would spend eternity? Ask yourself that. And if the answer to that is I don't know, you can know this morning. Maybe you made a decision years ago to follow Christ and for whatever reason you've drifted off course, you've gotten off path and you feel further away from him than you ever have. You can come back home today. At this moment today, there are Christians that are praying all over this room. Don't allow the enemy to try to tell you that is somehow a sign of weakness to say that you need help. Don't let the enemy prevent you from making the greatest decision of your life this morning. I'm going to ask you, with no one looking around, those two questions. If you've never made a decision for Christ, or if you made a decision for Christ years ago and you feel like that you have drifted off course, come back home today. Would you raise your hand so I can pray for you? No one looking around. Yes, sir, I got you. Keep it up until I see you. Anyone else? You can put your hands down. Father, I thank you so much for your Holy Spirit. God, I thank you for the helper that you've sent to us. And Father, if there's anyone listening in right now, they may be in their car, they may be at home. Holy Spirit, I pray that you speak directly into their life. And they can make that decision right there where they're at. It doesn't have to be in this building. It can be right where they are at this moment. And if you made that decision, I just want you to pray with me. Say, Father, forgive me of my sins. From this day forward, I want to follow you. God, I repent of my sins. The ones I remember and the ones that I have forgotten all about. And God, from this day forward, I make the decision to follow you. It is in Jesus' name we pray. Amen and amen. Can we give God a hand this morning? Thank you for joining us today. If you made a decision for Christ or could use prayer for any area of your life, please let us know. All you have to do is text Greenbrier to 88000 and click on Connect Card. Be sure to join us next week 